0: Hey friends, welcome back to the H&H Hour. My name is Heidi and this is my co-host Heather. Hi Heather. Hi, hi. It is gorgeous outside. Yes,
1: it is. So we're
0: I know, we're in central Illinois. It's April and we have swimming weather at my mom's house today. Yes. It's gorgeous. Oh my goodness, we've
1: been waiting so long for this. I have a really hard time not being jealous of people who live in warmer climates Mm -hmm. because like in March they're talking about eating outside and going on great walks and here we are crazy. Well, you
0: used to. You lived in Fresno, California. Yeah, that's true. And then um, I prayed that Jesus would move you home. That's true. You did. And he answered my prayers. Yes. Yes. Yes, He loves me. (laughs) So thank you for listening. We're so glad that you're with us today. If this is your
1: first time listening, um, Heidi and I are sisters and we just want to highlight the ordinary. We want to show that the ordinary is extraordinary and and beautiful and that it's really the little things in life that are actually the biggest things. And our lives are very ordinary, Heidi.
0: In they are some ways. Yeah. Um, Today we were running around like crazy people. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had a house showing right before this and had to run my children to mom's house and there were some outside things that yeah. needed dealt with. But And I'm puppy sitting. Well, Your puppy sitting and what happened there? Well, let's just say the puppy had
1: some tummy issues. Oh. So we won't get into the specifics of that, but yeah, it was it was sad. Oh. Well, puppies that can poop are still a good thing. (laughs) That's true. That's so true. Well, we are so excited to welcome a friend of ours on the podcast today. She's somebody that we (laughs) thought um, just has a great story Mm -hmm. and a great family and is ordinary like us. And we wanted to highlight her story. So Sarah, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
2: We're happy to have you. You're looking fabulous and gorgeous, as always. Well, you can say that. No one can tell if you're telling the truth or not. So oh, yeah. thank you. Uh, yes, I, know. I am. You know, I look amazing.
1: One of our husbands, <laughs> we won't name which one, one of our husbands <clears throat> was like, you need to do video podcasting. And we're, no. we're looking at him like, um, hello. Then we would have to actually get out of our yoga pants. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: here's real world. I literally was out of the shower right before I got here. So I have wet hair sure. sitting here, Sarah. So I'm thankful that you're willing to be real with us (laughs) and to just, you know, have dialogue in a very real setting. That's what this is about. So
1: we might have video podcasting someday, Mm -hmm. but not right now. Thankfully, not today.
0: (laughs) Not Not today. today. (laughs) So Sarah, we want to, we just want to jump in with you. We, um, we want our listeners to get to hear your heart because we, we love your heart. We think that you are such a beautiful woman You have such a love for people. Um, But we want our listeners to get to know you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your life?
2: Sure. Um, So my name is Sarah Hedman. I am married to Daryl Hedman. Uh, We have four children. Um, Josephine is um, almost 16. She'll be 16 on Friday. Uh, Eliza is 13. Uh, Evangeline is nine. And Abraham is seven. So we have a busy... A very loud house. Yes. Um, But we love it. We live here in Peoria, um, and I work just a couple days a week at a florist shop as a floral designer, which is very, very, very fun. So. And I'm thankful for that opportunity because that's been um, such a great creative outlet for me. I'm I do have an art degree, so that's my background as far as my interest goes. Okay. Um. But and I've used it various ways. I've been a I've I've kind of done everything. I've been a photographer, um, and then yeah, just just like freelance. It was just kind of a great way for me to earn a little money when I had babies, when I had little bitty kids, and that was fun. And then my equipment kind of got outdated, so I moved on the opportunity to learn um, how to do floral design from a friend of mine, and so I did that, and I've just loved it. So. that's what I do now as far as my um my job and that's also it's I'm fortunate because that's also an interest of mine so sure. I get to have You're a passionate. fun job.
1: Well, and we get to benefit from that because every now and then at church you bring in <laughs> yeah. fresh flowers for yeah. us at church which is awesome and yeah, I love that so much. Fun. You're so gifted with it. Yeah. It's truly oh, part of your yeah. your gift set. Okay, I have a I'm question. Good. So I was at your yeah. house the other night, and mm-hmm. you have a really – is it a Bible verse or a quote
2: on your wall that's painted on your wall? In my kitchen? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. It, so did you do that? I, I did, but um, I, I, I I was tricky. I was I cheated a little okay so I found a font I really liked oh yes and you print it on a transparent yes Yes. and Mm -hmm. yeah and then you just put it and that is a brilliant way I did try to do it myself I do not have that awesome writing that some women can just like whip up this beautiful writing I, I I can't do that but I did, but I, I did pick a font and I did paint it yes. on myself. Well, yeah. it was lovely. Well, That's super creative. So, we used to do that all the time in Kids yeah, World. Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. we got
0: to create huge, big, you know, art pieces.
2: You can do it with murals. We did yeah, it all and, the time. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, remember the one time we made those giant bugs out of foam? For the bug's life? Yeah, yes. it was huge. So it was fun. So, yeah, so fun. So yeah. fun. Awesome.
0: So, Sarah, what is something about
2: your life that feels ordinary? <laughs> um... I would say maybe my season like Mm. you know i i'm all of the things i feel i'm called to do right now are behind the scenes so like they're raising my family you know my my kids well nobody sees that i'm at home with my kids um and so i think that can tend to feel ordinary yeah um I know it's not, but you know, you know, and we know it's not, but, but I think it feels ordinary. Um, I would say that, that more than anything, I think also, um, this, (laughs) I love Peoria, no offense to Peoria. I feel like where I live feels ordinary right now.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so, which again, I'm okay with, but it is, it's just sort of,
1: well, and talk to us a little bit about the last few years, because you have lived
3: elsewhere.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that that's why. I, I, and we, my husband and I moved our family up to Chicago in 2013, and we lived in Chicago for two years.
3: Okay.
2: And, um, in the city. In, in right? the city, not, yeah. Not like suburb life, but right. like down yeah, we in lived, the city, yes. We lived, that's <laughs> we lived awesome. in a tiny apartment with six people. Yeah, um, yes. It was a very nice apartment, though, it, it but it was small. Yeah. And so, yeah, totally different lifestyle. Yeah. Um, And in the end, God called us back to Peoria. And that actually, that was exciting. It wasn't like, oh, no. It was a mixture. Sure. Mm -hmm. There are things we absolutely devastatingly miss in Chicago. Sure. And then there's things in Peoria that are so wonderful that we didn't have in Chicago. Right. So it's totally a mixture. But um, I think that I'm just one of those people that I love. I liked the city. I like the, the, I like people being everywhere. I like activity being everywhere. Mm Um, even though I do I am I tend to be a little bit of an introvert and need my space to retreat to Mm -hmm. I like it that right outside there's like anything that I want going on you know
0: (laughs) didn't you tell me one time that you actually label yourself an extroverted introvert yes
2: yeah. yeah. I do love being with people. Yeah. I it's, I think I'm I think when it comes right down to it I may be a bit of a, a mixture. Okay. Um because I am energized by people, however, I also have to have quiet. Yes. Um and like a recharge time. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um and so I, I don't even know if I can say confidently I'm one or the other. I'm I'm just a, I'm I'm tend to be kind of a mixture of both. Sure.
1: I can relate to that totally because I get so charged up by being with people, Yes, but then I'm also, there are times where I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't want to see anyone.
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) I think that's a reality with particularly moms,
2: Yeah, but with really Mm
3: -hmm.
0: probably
2: with all adults and and people in general. Mm -hmm. That's white space. We need it. Now, how long have you and Daryl been married? We've been married 17 and a half years, so we got married in 1999. Um, Yeah, so long time. We got married pretty young congratulations yeah. that's awesome thanks. yeah thanks yeah
1: so we all have these things that make us feel ordinary mm-hmm. what's something that you think is extraordinary about yourself
2: um I, I think I was when you told me this question ahead of time I was trying to yeah it, it is hard to process through it um yeah. I think there are two things that I thought of one of them um, is something that um, God has created me to be a creator. Mm-hmm. So I love making things with my hands. Mm-hmm. I love, I'm very affected by and very drawn to anything pretty. Yes. <laughs> so yep. beauty and visual beauty is very important to me, which made me into somebody who loves to create things. Yeah. Yeah. And for a long time, I thought, this is just something that is a hobby. Then I put it in the category of like, well, if I have time, I can do that over there. Mm-hmm. But it's not important, so mm-hmm. you need to do the important things first, you know. And then um, I read a book in my early 30s that changed my life in a lot of ways. But one of the ways, um, it was called Captivating by Stacey Eldridge, mm-hmm. yeah. John Eldridge's mm-hmm. wife. Yeah. And in that book, she talks about how women are created in the image of god just like men are Mm -hmm. but we we tip not every woman but typically women are just exhibiting a different part of god's character than men do and um that struck me one because um she talked about how women are to um exhibit god's beauty that's Mm -hmm. why we're curvy and soft and gentle and pretty and you know we're not typically rugged and um and we can be strong in other ways but you know what i mean right and um and then the other thing she talked about was how um men obviously can be just as creative but um women who are creative any man or women who are creative exhibit his create creativity Oh, I love that. And it hit me that, mm. oh, this is not a part of me that's just a hobby for time mm. when I have everything else done. Mm. This is a part of me that God created specifically because that's how he wants me to, wants to use me. Yeah. And, yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah.
0: Because then it gives you the freedom it to gave, function in your creativity. And it
2: gave me validity. Like, yes. And um, that, so that was a big deal. Right. For me. Um, And then... When we were the two years we lived in Chicago, we were part of a church that just really embraced creativity mm-hmm. and like um I was um on the visual decor team there. Yeah. And I remember the first Easter I was in charge of um I don't remember if I was in I was on an installation team. We were making this big creative installation in the foyer and the um the leadership team was praying over the service so they would go in the sanctuary and pray that this was like a few days before easter sure yeah and um they came into the foyer where my team was working and they prayed for us mm-hmm. and i was like they see our contribution of this visual of this visual installation for easter as just as important as the worship team yes. because and so and it was kind. so validating and so empowering yeah because I started to see, like, when people walk in the door and they're affected by their environment and the atmosphere in the foyer, their, their hearts are being prepped for when they walk in the sanctuary. Absolutely. And then, and then the worship starts. And then the mm-hmm. worship gets them even more in the presence of Jesus mm-hmm. and prompted for, mm-hmm. you know, prepped for that sermon that they're going to hear. And anyway, so um, that was a great part of the journey in that, too, was being a part of that church and being mm-hmm. just so empowered mm-hmm. in my giftings. And, um, so that's one thing I think is extraordinary about me is that I, that that's a gift that God's given me. So it's, it's, I'm really thankful for that. And then the second thing that I thought of was just how my family is. Mm -hmm. We have two adopted kids, two bio kids. Mm -hmm. And as we were walking that journey, it didn't seem all that extraordinary to be honest. But as I look back on it, I was like, oh, not everybody does this. Like this is kind of, this is pretty cool. Like yeah this is something i'm I'm really excited I got to do, and so um that's the other thing I think about our mm-hmm. family and about my life experience that's ex- that's extraordinary is that just our, that we've gotten the opportunity to make or form our family that way
1: Well, and just in watching your family, you really are extraordinary. It's so fun to watch you because you don't look like.
0: Other mm-hmm, families. Right. Um, you're not cookie cutter. No, yeah, you're, that's not. For sure. you're
1: not. You're not. It, but it's so beautiful yes. and it's so fun to watch you all interact mm-hmm. together. And I um, I remember when you adopted your first mm-hmm. two little girls. Um, I was kids pastor at a church we all mm-hmm. attended, which was, what, how many years ago? <laughs> Eons ago. Yeah. Well, how was Josie,
2: 16. And almost 16. Mm-hmm. Eliza's almost 13. And she so, was a baby almost when 14. Or almost 14. Her. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. So 16 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember
1: just that was beautiful mm-hmm. and then fast forward quite a few years later our lives kind of went in different directions uh-huh. for a while and then to see you had these two beautiful bio kids mm-hmm. too and i <laughs> i love that i love it so mm-hmm. much so if you're willing can you talk through how that happened sure. why that happened that yeah. story
3: sure
2: well um just just to preface i am definitely a type a personality so i like to have a plan. I like safety. I like comfort. <laughs> preach it, preach
3: it, sister. I, I'm I raising like my to, hand. Girl. Yeah, I
2: like to know what's going on.
3: Oh, you know, all the time in the
2: air. <laughs> and so, when my husband, when we were when he was my boyfriend at the time, we were dating, and he said, "Oh, you know what? I would just love to have a big house and just adopt a bunch of kids." And I was like. Oh, no. No, no, that sounds horrible. I don't... That Where would the kids come from? When would we get them? What would they come in with? What Oh, what would be wrong with them? You know, I have all these questions, and I think that most people do think of when they think of adoption. All the fears. <clears throat> yes, and so... It just totally shut the poor guy down. Like, poor just, Daryl. No, he's so <laughs> precious. His little heart so sweet. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, that sounds terrible. We can't plan for that. That's not something we can plan for. Yeah. Little did I realize that birth kids, I mean, you can't plan for them either. This. They're <laughs> like, sure. yeah. What in the world? You're not any more in control over birth kids oh, than you are adopted so kids. But, you know, in my 19-year-old sure. mind, I thought, oh, I can control all these things. Yeah. So... Yeah. um anyway so fast forward we have been married about a year my um, mom and my stepdad had recently gotten their foster care license okay and they were going to do respite care they um, which is just where you um, take kids for a day or two to give their full-time foster parents a break
3: Oh
2: wow! Um, or it's when a child comes into foster care at ten o'clock at night, they don't have time to find a permanent placement, but they need a safe place for the kids to sleep sure. that night. So it's it's short term. Okay. They, um, you know, were in their fifties. They had seven kids between them. They were not looking for full time foster care. They just wanted to minister and love on kids that needed uh, that. So that's when that's what they were doing.
0: Talk about being Jesus. Yes. And that
2: was such a good niche for them. And um, meanwhile, that was the year. It was 2001 and the prayer of Jabez. I don't know if you remember the prayer of Jabez, but that was a big thing. And they felt really strongly they were supposed to be praying the prayer of Jabez. And so they were praying God would increase their territory. And they had no idea that what that was going to look like, whether it was going to be a new ministry they could be a part of at church or what that was so one day um august i'm sorry april 30th um actually uh they got my mom got a phone call from the foster care agency there was a a newborn baby girl she was two days old and that she needed a home and my mom immediately felt the lord say this is your territory Mm, that i'm giving you to expand and She called my stepdad and thought for sure he'd be talk some sense into her and Mm -hmm. say, of course not. We're not going to take a baby. You know, that's, that's crazy. And instead he said, I think we should do it. (laughs) And so they took this sweet, sweet little girl into their home, Mm -hmm. um, at two days old. The first night they had, they had to pick her up at 10 o'clock that night at the hospital or or eight o'clock. It was. It was in the evening. They hadn't didn't have time to go to the store. So she wore cabbage patch doll pajamas. Yes. Oh. From my old doll set. Yeah. Like wow. they had nothing. No yeah. baby stuff wow. until my mom could get oh, to the store great. the next day. Yes. So um, anyway, so this little baby expanded their territory, mm-hmm. and um, so they that was ended up being my oldest daughter Josephine now, hmm. because um, they called us and told us about this baby they had taken, and my heart exploded Mm -hmm. i mean i got off the phone and i wept and i wept and i wept and i was like why am i crying so much like Mm -hmm. this is it's just a baby like i'm probably just being a girl because it's a cute baby and i'm just i'm just reacting emotion emotionally Mm -hmm. but i could not shake that baby i just could Mm -hmm. not and daryl and i both we just were like um we cannot shake this wow. this little person mm. and what's going to happen to her. And we were so consumed with her
3: mm-hmm. and
2: her future and her life. So that was April, like I said, of 2001. I was almost done with college. We'd been married about um, a year and a half. Mm. We were about to go on um, staff with Campus Crusade for Christ. So we were headed to Colorado for a six-week new staff training in the summer. And so we knew we wouldn't see her and mm-hmm. we wouldn't be around her mm-hmm. but we took her picture we prayed over her i mean all summer we just prayed and prayed and prayed for her future wow. and the the desire to be her parents just became overwhelming
3: wow.
2: and it was still confusing to me especially cuz i was like this is something i never would have thought i wanted hmm. you know i don't i don't know anything about this process or anything so in July, um my mom called us and said, um, she hadn't given us a lot of feedback on our desires or our our any questions we'd ask, but finally in July she's like, Okay, are you serious? Are you really thinking that this might be something God's calling you guys to? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Mom, I am telling you, it's not going away. I wish it would. I mean, I'm I we are consumed with this baby. Wow. And she said, okay, well, if that's, if then, okay, I trust, then I trust that that's what's going on. Then you need to move back to Peoria and get your foster care license Hmm. and you need to do it like right away. And our, our plan had been that we would move back to DeKalb where we had been living and going to college. Um, But when we heard that, we got out of our lease. We, at the end of July, we made plans to move back here. Um, and we got the we got into foster care classes immediately. Hmm. Um, there's more to that story, but basically by October she was about six months old. We got our license on October twenty sixth, and they transferred her over to us October twenty sixth, and she came home with us for good. Aww. And up till that point, from like July, um, August to October, when we were living here, we were able to babysit her three or four days a week while my mom worked. So it was a great transition time for wow. her. Wow. And for all of us. But, yeah, so she came home with us October 26th. Um, it was a longer road to adoption for her. She wasn't adopted till she was two. Mm-hmm. And there were lots of ups and downs during those couple of years. It was very difficult. But um, that's how we got into adoption. Okay. Wow. And we were hooked. I mean, yeah. we were we were just in love with the idea of adoption, mm-hmm. the whole... It was just amazing, and so God took my heart full circle, totally mm-hmm. around. Oh. You know, we hadn't even tried to have; we didn't even have, hadn't even had a chance to try to have biological kids. Wow. But at that point, I was like, you know, I love adopt. This is so great. Why would we have bio kids? Like, let's just keep taking this woman's babies <laughs> because this um, Josie's birth mom does have um, several children and doesn't have custody of any of them. Okay. Um, because of her lifestyle and the choices she's made, and so we knew that if she ever had more kids, they would also be in the foster care system. So we told the caseworker, "Hey, um, if this woman continues to have children, um, we'd like to commit to taking them, so that at wow. least these siblings can be together." Wow. And so, um, two. Um, let's see. It, Josie was adopted in um, May. Oh, and really quick side note. Um, Josephine that's not her given name that was the name that we chose for her we had chosen that name for our first daughter like before we even knew how we were going to get our first daughter I just always loved it Um, but I had heard it as Josie I just had heard that and thought oh my gosh it's adorable when it came time to really researching a name for her we looked up Josie and realized it was short for Josephine Mm -hmm. which I loved even more my brother's name is Joseph and I love that name and then I looked um, to see what it meant. And it mm-hmm. meant, I could not believe it, it meant God will increase. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And that had been the prayer when my parents got her, yeah. that they would, right. that he would increase their territory. Wow. And wow. so I had no idea that's what Joseph meant, but thats if you look it up, that's what Josephine and Joseph mm-hmm. means is that God would add or increase. Yeah. So that was just another, that was one of many confirmations and miracles yeah. that came along the way. So um, when Josie was two, she was adopted in May. That August, we got a phone call at noon. It was August 6th. I'll never forget it. At mm-hmm. noon, um, hey, Josie's mom has had another baby girl. Um, she needs picked up today at 4 o'clock at Methodist. Would oh, you like to pick what? her up? <laughs> and what? I was like, yes. I mean, I have to call my husband. But yes, I'm oh, sure he's going to say oh yes. My so we, So uh, I called him, of course, and, of course, he said, Yes. So he um, rushed home from work, and we tried to get the bassinet back out. I mean, it was oh so nuts. Goodness. Oh, my
0: goodness. In and... any of this, did he ever say, sweetheart, I told you so? No.
2: <laughs> no, because he's too kind. He's so kind. He's, he's way okay. too kind. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Sweetie. No. So um, we picked up our new baby at 4 o'clock that afternoon. Oh, my um, goodness. Five pounds. She weighed five pounds, three ounces. Oh. It's tiny, 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 tiny little brown baby girl with all this black i mean just the most probably to this day all the days of my getting my babies are special but i don't know that one just might be i mean Rocks just the top world. yeah <laughs> um so we came and i will never forget i think Oh, see i would have been about 25 we were so young. I mean, when yeah. I think back, oh my gosh, we didn't know what we were doing. We were so young and we're laying, I must never forget, we had this little five pound baby in a bassinet in the hallway of our house, like right outside our bedroom. <laughs> and we're laying there just like stunned, adrenaline just coursing, can't sleep. Oh, yes. And we've got this little newborn baby making all those little newborn sounds in the hallway and we're like, we have two kids. Oh my gosh, we have two kids. And I just, I'll never forget that night, just staring at the ceiling together, like Aww. what just happened? And at like, that point, you hadn't gone to experience the newborn
0: phase with no, Josie. No, no. So this, so is this, this was you. our
2: first newborn. And wow. I will tell you, having had my bio newborns, it is way more fun having a newborn when you aren't recovering from natural birth. Oh, I'm sure. Oh <laughs> my goodness. I hadn't thought or, of that. Yeah. That's Can true. you imagine? I mean, I, I was like sitting like here today and had a newborn, like, yeah. And no stitches yeah. no
3: <laughs> no right. pain right. no oh. you know no
2: hormones wow. it was it was pretty fabulous so i was a little unprepared for when we had my first bio kid when i was like oh this is way harder yeah. um i'm healing while i'm trying to care for this baby but um but no it was it was some of the most um magical wonderful crazy miraculous days I think it was just it was just wonderful that is awesome so that's how we and her hers went a little her adoption went smoother so she was adopted at 18 I'm sorry 16 months um the next the next December
1: and did you get to name her
2: we did we did we named her right off the bat um Jane is after my um grandmother Mm -hmm. um and and yeah that was a that was kind of a name that we had liked for a long time so we did get to name her yeah that's so sweet.
1: Yeah. And then how long before you had bio kids? And what um, did that like did you guys yeah. just decide like okay, it's time to have
2: Right. And bio and kids. right and so after we got Eliza, we were still thinking like this this their mom, I think when she had Eliza was in her early 30s. So we knew this mom could have several. I mean, this sure. could be a family that we could just they may need us to take lots more children. Yeah. Yeah. And so we figured we probably wouldn't have bio kids and that was totally fine with us. When Eliza was about a year and a half, we found out, um, through our caseworker that her mom had had an ectopic pregnancy, which is where, um, you have a fertilized egg, but it doesn't make it to the uterus. It Mm -hmm. attaches to the fallopian tube and it's, um, there's nothing they can do other sure. than they have to remove the, yeah. I think they ended up removing everything. Okay. And she had wanted her tubes tied um, in the, to begin with and yes. just had never gotten it done. And sure. so while they did the procedure to remove that ectopic pregnancy, they went ahead and okay. sterilized her okay. as, because that was her request. And so um, we knew that was, That was a sad day uh as much as i knew that this lady um needed to stop having babies Mm -hmm. based on her lifestyle Mm
3: -hmm.
2: it was also Mm -hmm. that i grieved over that miscarriage of that baby that had been my baby i felt yeah and so that was hard that was a hard day for both of us and then to know that that season was over Mm -hmm. like okay so our family isn't going to be grown by this lady that's a good thing yeah. this that she made a good choice that was a wise choice for her yeah um but still difficult yeah for so it was hard on. so the next couple years we were just kind of like waiting for an opportunity and they would call us and they'd say things like we have a sibling group of three brothers would you like and we were like whoa like <laughs> no like nothing fit Yeah. nothing Nothing that they called us with seemed right. It just Mm -hmm. didn't seem right. And so we kept praying and kept praying and we thought maybe we're done. Maybe these two girls are enough. I was, I mean, I was satisfied. I was Mm -hmm. totally fine with being done. Um, we just didn't know. So there was a lot of unknown. And then, um, when, let's see, 2000, uh, when was it? Sorry. 2006, I guess it would have been. Yeah. 2006. Um, so Eliza was three, Josie was five. Um, we decided to pursue having a birth child. We thought maybe, maybe we just need to, maybe that would be a good way to experience another way to grow our family. Um, we hadn't considered it honestly since getting our, um, foster kids and adopting kids, we hadn't considered it. And we thought, um, you know, let's do it. Let's try it. If it if we're if we're unable to, I had been told um, early on that I had polycystic ovarian syndrome, mm-hmm. so I knew that um, having children isn't always easy with that condition, mm-hmm. and so that had always been in the back of my mind. But it didn't really matter because we were right. adopting. We right. weren't having bio kids. Yeah. And so when we decided to try, um, Daryl prayed over me for healing. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time that he was praying for me. I felt a warmth
3: mm.
2: in on my ovaries. Mm. And I, at the time, just being, a, I think, not real knowledgeable about um, things of the supernatural or things that, the way that God does miracles, I thought it was in my head. Like, oh, it's okay. just because he's mm-hmm. praying for my ovaries. So I'm yeah. thinking about it. Right, and, yeah. Well, the next month I was pregnant. <laughs> wow. And I went in for that first eight-week sonogram where they confirm the pregnancy and make sure, you know, there's a heartbeat. And, um, I said, would you mind while you've got the sonogram here, would you mind looking at my ovaries? And I want to just see what they look like. Mm. she said, sure. And, um, you know, years before I had looked at my ovaries on the sonogram and seen Mm. ovaries covered in cysts, which is what happens with PCOS. And she said, she Looked at them, and I said, H- do they look normal? She said, yeah, they look totally normal. And I said, are there <laughs> any cysts on them? She said, no. Wow. And Crazy so, man. yeah. So that was nuts and wonderful. And yeah. so, yeah, so we that was um, Evangeline. She was born the next summer, next August. She was born in 2007. And then um, our little guy, Abe, uh, was a total surprise. Was he? So that was fun, too. Oh Crazy God. and overwhelming at the time. But um, just wonderful too so okay. he he was a total surprise we had been we had received a prophetic word that we were, were to have a son wow. and we assumed that that was going to be through adoption because hmm. my wow. husband has a huge heart for boys without fathers yeah. and so we figured that would be a definitely adoption we actually pursued a little boy that we heard about who needed adopted he was two hmm. he would have been about the same age as evangeline and so we pursued him, and God shut the door. and yeah. I was angry. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, this little boy needs a home."
3: Yeah We're, well, why really? can't, like yeah. yeah, and
2: it was a red tape issue. It was just kind of a dumb issue, and yeah. I was so mad. Yeah. And it was a, like two months later, I found out I was pregnant. and I was like, oh my, can you imagine having two two-year-olds
3: <laughs> <At> the <same laughs> and then anyway. being pregnant? Yeah <laughs> wow.
2: And so God knew that yeah. that wasn't yeah. the son that had been prophesied over us, that instead wow. it was... Abraham. Abraham. Oh. So yeah. So yeah. That's and that's how we get to our family looking how it does today. <laughs> wow. So
1: you have a mixed race family. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Your older girls, your adopted girls, are yes. black. Yes. And obviously you are white, and your yes. bio kids are white. Yes. So, h- what does that look like? I mean, is that I can imagine that, yeah, that, that looks probably like creativity. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, mean, it it like. I mean, it Doesn't looks it. Like, yeah. literally.
0: It looks like I love design. it. That's right. Yeah. That's
1: right. But I can imagine that. Um, you know, today, mm-hmm. even today. We sit here and there are all all of this racial tension in our world and this conversation that is that I don't think that we as middle-class white Americans really understand yes Um, and I feel like with you having two black daughters it must be something Mm -hmm. that you have to really navigate through yeah
2: and I think that we are constantly learning I mean I don't think I have answers for that today right now yeah but I can tell you what our experience has been like so far. I I almost had decided to tell you guys, hey, let's not talk about the race thing because I don't have it figured out. But mm. then I realized, of course I don't have it figured out. Like, yeah. this is a process, and it's yeah. been a process yeah. for my girls, yeah. too. Yeah, sure. Um, and there's so, not an answer, right? Right. Just, I don't think ongoing. there is an answer. I yeah. think it's just – And I can tell you some things that we've done that I felt like have worked mm-hmm. yeah. um, well for us and my girls and what they needed, but um, – They, you know, obviously we got them as infants, so they never knew anything different. You know, they just knew that mom, my mom's white, I'm brown. And and we, when they were little, we did have some funny conversations about that. Like, but I always tried to make it, um, a part of every day so that it wasn't one day when they realized. Right. So there wasn't this like crushing blow of knowledge all of a sudden. Right. And I even wrote out their adoption stories and we read them like storybooks oh, from the that. time they were oh. infants so that their adoption story was just a part of their story. And it yes. wasn't, again, like one day they woke up and realized I wasn't in mommy's belly, you know? Right. And so I did that. I tried to do that with race too. Mm-hmm. Like, so we would talk about our differences. Mm-hmm. Like, look, you have brown, your, your hands are brown and my hands are yeah. pink. Um, but look, you have long fingers like me. And Mm. and so I would try to, we would, and they, you know, I, I have really dark brown eyes. So I would say, and our eyes are the same color. I love that Sarah. And actually my two girls don't look a lot alike. They don't. (laughs) They don't. They have different fathers and, um, uh, Josie looks a lot like, her birth father, Eliza looks a lot like their birth mom, and so they don't look a lot alike, and so there isn't really a lot of similarities I could point to with them. Right. But I, I found, I have found, even now as they're teenagers, that talking about our differences, mm-hmm. let's laugh about them, let's talk uh, about them, let's yeah. point yeah. them out. Yeah. yeah. That the that differences are not offensive. Right. Uh, um. Funny. And I think that's one thing that I've noticed in our culture. Yeah. Um. Is that we can't talk about the fact that somebody's black or we Mm -hmm. can't talk about the fact that somebody's white. And and I'm like, why not? Like we are, it's okay. Like the fact to acknowledge our differences is not an offense. Yes. Acknowledging our differences is celebrating them. Yes. And so I've tried to instill that in my kids. Like they just talk about, um, oh, well, (laughs) they say some they say funny stuff but they they like all kinds of music so they like music that you would i guess consider to be i'm doing air quotes yeah yeah (laughs) black music and then they they like country music and they like worship music and they like pop music and so they're pretty eclectic as to what they like and that is totally fine with us. We mm-hmm. have sort of given them the freedom to to choose their friends, how or, or choose their music or choose the things they're interested in or how they dress, mm-hmm. however they feel they want to be. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. seem really so far seem really comfortable with with that. Mm-hmm. They both have African American friends, they both have white friends, mm-hmm. they have um his, they have had Hispanic friends. In Chicago they had Hispanic friends. So I feel like Um, I feel like they are comfortable enough with who they are to, to, I feel like they're comfortable in, in whatever setting they're in. And that was my, that was one of our goals. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to raise them in a, in a small white farming community. Right. And I didn't want to plunge them into an inner city situation either. Right. Where they would maybe only feel comfortable with one or the other. Sure. And so we've really tried. We have, we have committed to living in a... Try to live as diversely as we can. So that's why we live in the city. I was raised mm-hmm. in a very small town. And that's just... Once we adopted transracially, we knew that that was over. We right. were like, okay, this is, this is something we're committing to. We mm-hmm. want our kids to be in a diverse community. So that is something we've done. But I, I heard um, once in a training that we, we went to that you're not trying to recreate in your home as transracial a family... Um, a culture of, of let's say, because we're transracial with black and white, we're not trying to create a black culture in our home, and we're not trying to create a white culture. What's going to happen is, ultimately, we're going to create a third culture. Hmm.
3: That's
2: good. Um, where, I mean, that's the goal. You're right. creating a third culture that includes both yeah. and inc- and incorporates both and um, allows freedom for both. Yeah. And so that's what we've tried to do. Um, We, and I, I feel like it's, it's come, it's, it's ended up really well. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and, and, and honestly, when we first adopted, I, I just told God, I'm like, you're going to have to just show us how to do this. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. And I, and I have felt as the years have gone by and my kids have had different times of questioning Mm -hmm. or grieving. They've had times of grieving, Mm -hmm. grieving their parent or their birth parents, grieving. Um, Adoption is um, beautiful Mm -hmm. and it. But it always involves a loss. Yes. There's there's a loss yes. in every adoption, mm-hmm. and um, so they've had times of grieving. They've had times of questioning. They've had times of anger, mm-hmm. and through all those different seasons, I just it's it's been so amazing. I have just felt like I knew what to do. I mm-hmm. haven't always known what was coming or what to do next, yep. but in the moment, I knew what to do. Because I,
0: God made you their expert. Yes. God made you their yes, mother. Yes. So he gave you that yes. discernment
2: to know how to yep. raise them. Psalm 139 says that he creates us um, in our mother's womb and he knows the days ahead of us before yes. we do. Mm-hmm. So that means when he was creating them in their birth mom's womb, he was creating them to be my daughter, That's not right. hers.
3: That's right. And
2: that is sad and it's beautiful and it's... All the things all wrapped yeah. up into one, yes. but the truth is that God, as He's knitting them together, was knitting them with me in mind. That's right. Knowing that she wasn't going to be able to raise them. Yeah. So, um, so
0: well, yeah, I love that you guys have chosen to bring some humor into the situation. Like well, I, yeah. have, I have seen videos of you on your Instagram <laughs> of you. Bless your heart, but you are a white girl, and you, honey, you've you tried to dance and yeah. Um,
3: what I, do you mean? I'm a I, great dancer. Maybe. I mean,
0: I feel like one of the things that I wish God had given us white girls uh-huh. is the ability to dance right, like brown girls, yes. like black girls, yes. because they can dance. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness yeah, gracious. Yeah. yeah. And um, so how do your girls feel about you trying to dance?
2: Well, they love it. Okay. See? No, they do not. Um, <laughs> I think this is what I think. They always of course moan and groan and like mom stop it you know but it is it is it's such a way to connect with them absolutely they secretly think it's funny and so love it cool. and i and it's just been a great way for to bring to, it's been a great way to bring humor yes into yes. into Hey, isn't this funny that we're so yeah. different? And yeah. isn't it funny to see an almost forty year old white woman dancing yeah. to this song yeah. when you and your the thirteen year old friends at your school are doing it. You yeah. know? So yeah. um, and it's just fun. I, I just like it. But um, when they're <laughs> when my sixteen year old almost sixteen year old has friends over, um, I usually try to do uh, some kind of dancing at some point yes. just just you know because I Keep feel like real. yeah yeah and I feel like it's my job to embarrass my teenagers. I, I, think, that's I think that's a, a, a God-given role yes. yeah. <laughs> appearance and Absolutely. so and I'm good at it and so um, so we do that and and their friends just think it's hilarious and and again it's 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 another opportunity for for it to be okay yes that I'm white. I and they're it. black. I love it. And hey, you're bringing friends over that are both. We yeah. have black friends, you have white mm-hmm. friends. Great. yeah,
3: yeah. That, And so and we can
2: all just be who we are. Yeah. And it's a safe place to be who we are and and celebrate who we are and not it's okay to talk about it and joke about it. Yeah. I and when um Josie entered high school, um and also this happened at the junior high when when Eliza started um going there, no one knew us. We we had been in Chicago for two years, and so we were new to both schools. And um, inevitably, um, as I would pick them up or take them to events or whatever, there would be a kid who would take you know look at Josie, look at me, look at Josie, look at me, and go, "That's your mom." <laughs> <laughs> and I would and I would say, "Did you say why you don't think we look alike?" Yeah, that is exactly what I would say. I would, I would say, I would say. <laughs> I would say, I would say yeah she don't you eyes. think we look alike
3: yeah
2: and the poor kid would be like oh um yeah i mean i don't know i mean i don't mean and they didn't know and then i would of course let them off the hook and yeah. say no of course yes yes i'm her mom but we're Aww. she's adopted and so no we i you know i know we don't look alike but yes i'm her <laughs> mommy and mm-hmm. and the thing same thing would happen with um with eliza at, at her school too but but just by doing that it's like saying like hey hey, you can ask questions. That's right. okay. Yeah. We're here. Like we love it that we're different. And yeah. so please ask us questions. We want to talk about our story. We want to say, you know, we want to joke about how, oh, you get that from me, you sure. know, or yeah. whatever, yeah. um, when they don't. Yeah. <laughs> and we joke about, um, my husband, um, our name is very Swedish, H-E-D-M-A-N, very Swedish. H-E-D is a very Swedish, like, um, what is it called? Prefix for uh-huh. uh, a last name or whatever. And and so we joke about that when it comes time to do oh, your ancestry assignment <laughs> yeah. in whatever, yeah. you know. And yeah. um it it's it's been okay. Like this it's just yeah talking about well, yeah. um, don't you think
1: that um that would help our world so much if that was if that was more people's the norm. Right. Yeah, just, Right. Asking questions, being willing to understand right. that, that differences are beautiful, Yes, mm-hmm. um, not just in race, but in other areas, right. too. Like, yes, in mean, religion
2: and, yes. And, and anything.
1: Lifestyles. Yes, and, yeah. and
2: yes, I think that would help dramatically, and I've seen that, and I've even talked to some adoptive parents who get offended, and these are transracial adoptive parents, so not not um, not where you can seamlessly put a kid in your family and no one would ever know i mean this is like an obvious and they they take offense and they Mm -hmm. complain like i can't believe people ask Mm -hmm. me and um i would i would just encourage adoptive parents who feel like that to just try to change your heart about that Mm. because i think the more we acknowledge our differences
3: yeah
2: the more those differences become not a problem yeah but just another fact in our yeah. family, just yeah. like my son looks like me and sure. my right. daughter doesn't, For or sure. or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, don't you think so often when people, sometimes people
0: ask because they're nosy or curious. Yeah. But I think sometimes people ask because it's on their heart and they're yep. wondering, is this something I can step into? Yep. Is this something I can handle? Right. So they start to ask those questions of people that they right. see handling it. Yeah. And try to determine right. is that something I'm called to. Yeah,
2: and now that my husband and I feel, and God may change this, I know better than to say what I know what's going to happen in the future. But um, <laughs> now that my husband and I feel like our family is pretty complete, that w- whenever people come to us and ask us, we love yeah. to encourage and share and talk with people about the possibility of adoption because if we're if our family's full. Mm-hmm how cool would it be that we can still be a part of maybe filling some other people's families with these kids that are just waiting for homes. And so if we can answer any questions. So yeah, openness, talking about, um, talking about it. And, and I've even, um, had my, my daughter make a comment about somebody said something about somebody being black and they said, Oh, well that's racist. And I'm like, well, um, saying that someone is african-american is not being racist mm-hmm. now if you put a if you say something negative about that mm-hmm. then it
3: is mm-hmm.
2: but just acknowledging our race mm-hmm. and acknowledging who we are and how god made us and how the differences and that's fascinating mm-hmm. that's interesting that's fun like it's cool like i love talking with um adults about how they were raised because I'm interested in cultures and like your family culture is different than my family culture. So my mom's family was Mennonite. There are cultural things that only Mennonite families understand. And so those things are fun to talk about and fun to recognize in other families. And, and I feel the same way about race. Like, Hey, what are some differences or what are the things we do the same? What are, um, what are things that are, different that we can that we can laugh about and joke about and enjoy about each other and so um that I am I'm passionate about that I I I want that so much for my kids and and so far I feel like it's been it's been working like I said they've had ups and downs times of questions times of But at sixteen and thirteen I feel like they're they're pretty comfortable in their skin. They don't
3: mm, I love it. Yeah.
2: And so I've I've been really pleased with that outcome. And they may have times again where they have to go through some identity stuff and right. and we'll but but when that time comes we'll know what to do then yeah. too. So yeah, God we'll, will give you yeah, the, God. The, next the Holy step. Spirit will tell us what yes. to do in that situation yeah. and but yeah, but it's been fun. I It, it really has been. Well, it looks
0: I, fun. It does look fun. Yeah. I think yeah. it's so cool, Sarah, that you, I feel like you're already experiencing a little bit of heaven in your home. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. heaven is going, God's children are all colors. Right. Yep. yep. We're all his yep. and you're experiencing a portion of that in your yeah. home. Yeah. And like, what an honor. Yeah. What a great gift that he's given yeah. you. Yeah. Um. That's so I, I think, you know, like my heart would be as these listeners are hearing Sarah God might be prompting you to step into mm-hmm. foster care and into mm-hmm. adoption. And Sarah, wouldn't you say if someone's feeling that, say yes, absolutely, go for it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let financial worries pull you yeah. back. Know mm-hmm. that what God orders, He's going to provide yeah. for. Yep. And like, just step into it, right? Absolutely. In
2: fact, diving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That and it's worth the risk. If if it's if it's mm-hmm. truly a calling that God has put on your life. It may feel scary and out of control. It's mm-hmm. actually the safest place you can be is oh, is yeah. going um diving into the calling God has for you. Yes. Be a lot it'd be a lot um da- more dangerous to be disobedient in yes. my opinion. Oh, I agree. Yes. Yeah. And the blessings that you'll receive by being obedient will just be Yeah. That's so good. So worth it.
1: So shifting gears just a little mm-hmm. bit. And one of the things that we know about you and that we've experienced and love about you is that you love prayer mm-hmm. and you love intercessory prayer mm-hmm. and um really diving in with that. So can you just tell us a little bit about why and how you've come to that place? Because I think for a lot of people, prayer is something that's scary that they don't yes. know how to do, or it's just something they do before meal mealtimes. Uh-huh. Um, can you talk to us yeah. a little bit about that?
2: Well, or let's be real, like prayer sounds boring. Like yeah. I think that's yep. how I felt. I I, yeah. I have been a Christian since I was five. Yep. Going to a prayer meeting, oh gosh, really? you know like i don't know <laughs> like i think i'm busy that night yeah. like i don't know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um so i understand that i mm-hmm. i have been there um what happened what god used in my life to really um develop a desire to pray and a calling to pray is um i was my oldest was um entering kindergarten
3: mm-hmm.
2: and the year before she was going to go she had, she was in no she wasn't in preschool actually i am um, so, so I had never had her in any school, and she's going to be entering kindergarten. And anytime time I walked by the school uniforms in a, in Walmart, I would get a panic attack. Like I was just huh. wow, I was freaking out about sending, sending my baby okay, yeah. mm. to stay with a stranger for seven hours a day. I was a stay-at-home mom.
3: Mm.
2: No one, I'd never. They, she'd never even been to daycare. Nothing, mm-hmm. and I'm like this everyone's acting like this is some normal thing for me to do Mm. I can't send my you know
3: Mm. and And at the same time feel that way yeah Yeah. and
2: at the same time did not feel called to homeschooling at all um at all and knew that wasn't an option for our family so I'm like okay well this must be it like and so I was freaking out I was terrified Mm. I was panicking I and I think up till then you know, when you've got small children, you really can control a lot. Yes. Yes. I would say the health. Your, their health, you can't always. Right. That's one big thing. But my kids had been healthy, mm-hmm. so I'd been able to control what they ate, what they wore, when they slept, where they went, sure. who watched them. Yep. Yep. And I think I was under maybe an illusion mm-hmm. that I had control. Mm-hmm. And that was really comforting to me. Yeah. And so when it was time to send my first off to school, it all came, sh- that glass facade all yep. came tumbling. Well, I I'm remember like, that. Oh, feeling. I have yep. no control. Yeah. And around that same time, a good friend of mine, um, had a moms in prayer group and moms in prayer is, um, when the moms at a certain school get together and they pray specifically for their children in that school. And they pray over that school, the mm-hmm. teacher's administration at that school. It's a really powerful ministry. Fern Nichols mm-hmm. started it. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful, t- um, ministry tool prayer tool and a friend of mine invited me and i actually went um because i helped with worship at an event for their for moms in prayer the year before josie went to school (laughs) and so that's how i was introduced to it i was just helping lead worship at one of their events and i was like what what is this anyway you know yeah Yeah, and she's like oh um her and it just so happened her kids went to josie's grade school they were a little (laughs) older than her and so she said you should come And I just was like, yes, I need to do that because I need to tell God what needs to happen with my kid. (laughs) And so, because I was so scared, again, just trying to grasp control. Um, And through, so through that group, um, which the main focus of the group is to, pray focused on each child a scripture so you pick a scripture and a theme every week Mm. that you meet and you pray specifically scripture and that this was also my first introduction to praying scripture Mm. yeah and i immediately fell in love with that yeah because I didn't, I think one of the things that was overwhelming to me about prayer was knowing what to pray. Sure. And you know, I'd, I'd said all the rote prayers my whole yeah. life, and, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes they lose a little bit of their power. Mm-hmm. And here I came to understand that I had access to the mm-hmm. book, With the Word the of God, yes. <laughs> which is in, the, in its very core supernatural. Yes. Right. So I could take these supernatural words yes. and pray them over my child yeah and i just the power in that i mean i was just like i didn't realize i had access to that i just didn't know Mm -hmm. and so that really brought prayer to life for me and intercessory prayer to life for me Mm -hmm. and it also as i'm losing control (laughs) over my perceived control over my child just handing her over to him and saying okay you can have her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the and the tool that I have left is to intercede for her while yeah. she's gone yeah. and so um it became a lifeline for me just for peace mm-hmm. to have any peace at all um and so through praying through moms for, with moms and prayer groups through the next several years I just God continued just to grow in my grow me and my knowledge of Praying scriptures and interceding, and yeah. in what it what it does, what it means for our kids, yes. um, and that kind of thing. So,
1: can you explain maybe to someone who's listening who's mm-hmm. never heard of this idea of praying scripture mm-hmm. before? I think sometimes we assume people understand things, right. um, but like you just said, right. this was a new concept right. to you. Yeah. Yeah, well, and you'd been raised in a Christian yeah. home. Oh yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm.
2: what does that look like? How how yeah. do you do that? So you um, pick a scripture. Um, when let's say. My let's say my child struggling with a friendship, so I have a couple of tools that I use. Um, and if you get on Amazon, I'm sure you'd be able to find um, a really good one. Is a book called um, Praying Scriptures for Your Children by yep. Jody Bernd, Berndt. B e r n d t I think is how you spell her last name. That is a great tool that I use. Um, there's books about. Um, promises in scripture where you, it lists it organizes scripture into topics yeah, okay. and so whatever topic I feel burdened for my kid I look up that topic mm-hmm. I look through the scripture and then um, I pick one that mm-hmm. just resonates with me or seems yeah. really applicable yeah. and I um, pray it inserting their name
3: Yeah.
2: and so um, inst- if it says you or I instead I might say their name Pray, I pray that Josie would be filled with the Holy Spirit instead yes. of fill your fill, fill me, your yeah, yeah yes. right yes. so you're you're kind of changing the words to um you're not changing the meaning obviously to but just change, right but yeah. you're just making it more personal for mm-hmm. your child yeah. and then if there's something in that scripture that pops out at you if the Holy Spirit prompts you for a certain thing mm-hmm. um then you might elaborate on that yeah. but how I always start is by praying the scripture word for word over my child and then i elaborate on what the whole, how the holy spirit leads me through that mm. but and sometimes it leads to another scripture like sometimes yeah. it'll remind me of oh, another scripture on that yeah. and so i'll go and i'll pray over that but even if you start if, if it's a new thing for you mm. and you want to get started pick a scripture a day yeah. pray it over each one of your kids yeah. sometimes i um, get a scripture that I think applies so well. I pray it over my husband as well. Yeah. So, and yeah. myself, and I yeah. mean, I prayed over everyone I can think yeah. of. Yeah. So, and there's, there's favorite scriptures I go back to again and again. Yeah. Um, then sometimes I need to, then I sometimes get my resources out and I need a new scripture. So I look something else up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to Moms in Prayer, they have a website. I believe you can sign up. I get a scripture every day in my email box, in email inbox to pray over either my child's school mm-hmm. um, or my child mm-hmm. or myself. Yeah. And so um, those are sometimes – God uses those. You know how God does that. He, the timing of those yes. sometimes is so perfect. So and I'm yes. like, oh, my gosh, that's yeah. exactly what I – So that's another resource that if you want to get started, that's that would so be a good um, thing. I'm sure you can go on and sign up for that. So I
1: love the combining. I think sometimes we separate God's Word, reading
2: Scripture. Yeah. and and prayer prayer.
1: Mm -hmm. and we make them
2: two separate things and i love
1: the power in
2: combining them it's what's Mm -hmm. brought the word of god alive to me yes um the word of god i've always i've always known how necessary it was but i can honestly say i've never been in love with the word of god Mm -hmm. like i am since i've started praying it yeah um so it has just made it just alive yeah well and so it's it's a book of promises that he's given us right and
0: when we learn that it's we have the power Mm -hmm. to ask him to give us those promises to step into his promises it, it is magnificent right and I think, too, for people that, like you said, you didn't know, like, like what are the words I say? How do I pray? Mm-hmm. It kind of takes the intimidation of prayer yep. out of it because yep. the words are listed for you. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It, the Bible says that it is sharper than a two-edged yep. sword, mm-hmm. so it's powerful. Mm-hmm. And when we're praying God's word over our children, over our spouse, mm-hmm. over their schools, over our, our churches,
3: mm-hmm.
0: like God is the one. Who mm-hmm. is at work in that? Mm-hmm. And so it takes self out of it. Right. Yeah. We don't have to have the pressure anymore of like, okay, God, show me your heartbeat. I don't know what to say because right. yeah. it's right there right. in yeah. the scripture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so we're just calling that out and yeah. like reminding God, God, you promised this in your word. Yeah. So fulfill this promise. Right. Yeah. Sarah, I love exactly. that. That is so good. So you mentioned earlier
1: that you're a nearly 40-year-old woman. We won't, we won't ask you for your exact age, but I think it's just a good idea. Thanks. <laughs> what would you um, – I know for – because I'm getting there too. I'm mm-hmm. a nearly 40-year-old mm-hmm. woman. And I know that my 20-year-old self and my nearly 40-year-old self are just – A tiny bit different? I would say
2: Dras- like drastically <laughs> different. Yes. Yes. Um, what Praise would you the say? Name of Jesus. Oh, glory to God! <laughs> glory to God! And I really
1: like—I I feel like we just need to even kind of just go past that to like twenty-five, thirty-year-old stuff. Because yeah. I think yeah. in your tw- like in your early twenties, there's just so much that you still oh, have gosh. to learn yeah. and walk through, oh, and that yeah. like that's just a—it's a crucial time. Yeah. But then you get to this twenty-five, thirty-year-old yeah. stage where you've got babies. Yeah, you've got maybe um, uh, if you're married, you have this marriage that involves children. And yeah. So, what would you say to your? slash 30-year-old self now?
2: Oh, just chill out. Like, <laughs> just... Um, not everything is an emergency. Yeah. Um, focus on the eternal, not the temporal. It does not matter if your kid's face is clean. It doesn't matter if... Oh, it doesn't matter if the dishes are done. Like I just used to focus on the. Yeah. St- oh my gosh, and and so much of my peace was reliant on my circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you know, I think that's maturity. Yeah. I think that that's yeah. just living life, and yeah. s- and you've got everybody has to figure out that yeah. balance. Walk that. But I I do think, I wish I could go back and redo the first ten years of my older two kids' lives. Knowing now, knowing what I know now. Sure. Um, because I, and I still am high strung and type A and want things done and want things clean. Yeah. and, yeah. But I'm able to um, evaluate better now. Sure. Like what, what is important this week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it important that my kid get straight A's or is it important that my kid pass mm-hmm. and feel loved? Yeah. Oh. And so, and and, so and those are the things that, I didn't know then that mm-hmm. I wish I knew. But I also and I think I've told you guys this probably more than once, but I also believe that God covers those years that I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. his grace is there for my kids yes. for when I focused on the wrong thing. Yeah. And so he's he'll provide for those gaps that I left mm-hmm. by yes. focusing on the dishes instead of yeah. on their whether they felt paid attention to that day or whatever it is, you know, but, um, but yeah, that would definitely be my, to my 25, 30 year old self. Just, just, just slow down and focus on, um, does your child feel loved rather Mm. than what is your child achieving or what is your child, what's your child's performance? Where are they at?
1: What about in your marriage?
2: Oh, maybe the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> does my husband feel loved? You know, oh, does he, or does he feel like he doesn't measure up?
3: Mm-hmm. You know, so
2: I, I think probably the same thing, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. I think my husband's um, love languages are totally different than mine. Okay. Um, and also, he, like, I tend to, I'm very task oriented. So, like, I'll go, 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 go all week. And um, I'm, i don't think that i i don't think oh, i should be i should connect with him somehow like we mm. should sit and talk yeah or we should go over things i'm fine like i'm like oh yeah yeah that's yeah it's good We're, i just gotta <laughs> get on to the next yeah. thing and uh-huh. he doesn't always he's he's real patient and kind of laid back and so he doesn't always say hey like i need your attention yeah and so um i think i'm still learning how to do that mm. better mm-hmm. and be better about that um but yeah, probably similar things. Just does your does your husband feel respected and loved, or does he feel like he's never measuring up, or sure. he's yeah. what What are you putting your focus on? What are your words telling him yeah. more often? Yeah, or than like not? that
1: your your task to do list right. is more important. I can exactly. relate to that so yes. so much because yes. our husbands are similar in that, and yes. we're similar in being yep. to do people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> get it done. Let's yep. be productive. Yep.
0: Do the next thing. Yeah 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 <laughs> well, Sarah, I feel like this has been so rich. I feel like there are so many yeah nuggets of truth that you have spoken that are yeah. gonna speak to so many so many hearts Good. and lives Good. and Good. and open hearts to things that maybe they weren't aware God mm-hmm. was calling them to, um helping teach people to pray yeah um so much richness, and I think something you talked about Heather, um actually Sarah, you talked about about Heather let's do a podcast on the love languages. Because mm-hmm. I know someone yeah. listening oh, yeah. is probably like, what's she talking about? But yeah. we have to wrap up today. But yep. I, th- I think we need to do a follow-up with yeah, giving our idea. listeners information mm-hmm. on what is, what are the love languages. How do we exercise those with our kids and our husbands and mm-hmm. right. um, give them some more knowledge on that? Because I think that would be so rich yeah. and so good. Yeah, it would, so... would be so
1: good. Well, thank you, Sarah, for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. It yeah. has been fun. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for listening. We're so glad that you did. If you want to find Sarah on Instagram, mm-hmm. she's Sarah Hedman. Sarah Hedman one one on Instagram, <laughs> and um, Heidi is on Instagram as Heidi Bolt, yep. and I'm on Instagram as Heather E Taves T O E W S. Or you can follow the H and H Hour on Instagram, yep. and connect with any of us there. We mm-hmm. love to hear your feedback. We love to hear your comments. We love to pray. Mm-hmm. when you ask for prayer, yes. we actually do pray for you we specifically. Do. Yep. So send us a message and um, find us on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends. Yep. This is, you guys are really the only way that this gets out to other people. So we're counting on you right. to <laughs> do that. Um, and we love you so much. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.